Hi, and welcome to Phantasmal Farces Adventure Rise, where we delve into the world of entertainment and see if we can pull an adventure out of our arse. Our aim is to inspire and to show, so long as you look, almost anything can be a tabletop adventure. So don't be intimidated, and let's see what we can stitch together. I'm Alan, and I'm the forever GM McCastrix of a group of players in Wales. I love casting my fourth level arcane eye over stories and seeing how they translate into adventures. In this episode, we will be adventurizing 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts is a 2001 American-Canadian supernatural horror film directed by Steve Beck. The film stars Tony Shalhoub, M. Beth Davids, Matthew Dillon and Shannon Elizabeth. It follows a family who inherit a mansion from their uncle, is a ghost hunter, Cyrus Criticus, but things are not quite as straightforward as they seem. Opinionize. Hi Rod, how are you this evening? Salve, Alan. What language is that? Italian slash Latin. Oh, cool. Uh, Cool. I'm I'm good. It's just a lot cooler than it was last time we recorded one of these. Thank goodness. But I've, I I gather that there's a a, a a heat spike on its way over from the Africans. Africans, oh. excuse me. Okay. Uh, we'll. Uh, well, I'll burn that bridge when I come to it. Um. So thirteen ghosts. Uh, I've only watched it recently. I didn't watch it when it came out, but uh, I have a, a bit of a soft spot for late 90s, early 2000s kind of trashy horror slasher films that came out around that time because, uh, you know, it was it was something you'd like watch with your mates or... Uh, I don't know about yourself, but, you know, as in, like, you know, as in, like, oh, have you seen this one? Because it's got super, you know, so his head gets chopped off and you're like, yeah, I've seen it because I'm a well-ord. Like the dog from EastEnders. Um, and so is it a masterpiece? No. Uh, it just is a very well-presented run-of-the-mill late 90s, early 2000s horror film. Um, and it did have some interesting ideas, and I think it's actually a really good thing for us to talk about because it has some good ideas that were in a rather underdeveloped, you know, undercooked film pie. Um, and it already has a RPG connection of sorts in that um, Matthew Lillard's in it, and he is he is a big D and D superstar now, basically, isn't he? Um. I wouldn't say he's so much in the sense of a player, but he certainly is a um, a, a purveyor of D and D paraphernalia. He is one half of Beadle and Grimm, so yeah, he's he's up there. He's up there with the best of them now. What about yourself? Uh, well, speaking of Matthew Lillard, it, he's at his drooling best in this. In all fairness to him, he, he seems to dribble quite a lot in this one. Whether or not ketamine was a, a well-known drug back then, I don't know. But uh, yeah, he was he was he was proper drooling in it. Lots of spittle. Um, I believe I've only seen it maybe two or three times. 
And that was when I was in my late teens. And I think I'd even seen it in the cinema on release with, as you say, you might. Um, yeah, it was it was one of those films that I think in the 90s, it was all about the, you know, having a bit of a laugh and seeing something schlocky. Whereas these days they've tended to sort of put their noses slightly in the air and try and be more highbrow and, and classy about it all. You know, you get you get things like uh, Inception and Get Out and things like that, you know, things that they take themselves seriously and they they behave seriously as well. Whereas this thing was just a load of old tosh really slapped together. And it was also, oh, we got that bird from uh, American Pie in it. Hey, come on, let, let's get some, uh, some of the legend to spend some money. Hey. So, yeah, that's how it is, really. Um, and Monk. And Monk, yeah, in a non-neurotic role, which is very jarring. Gotta bring in that Monk money, even though I think this came out before he was oh, Monk. Oh, long before Monk. <laughs> uh, overall, though, to opinionize, uh, it's a good film. It's as a very unique premise, um, in the sense that the ghosts are trapped, not that they're spending a night in a haunted house. That's done a thousand times over. But yeah, the, the 13 trapped ghosts. Um, and it's got a new story to be told, really. You know, it's not sort of, it's not standard. You don't get to see many films like this one. I, I um, would definitely say that, yeah. It isn't much gore. But I think the real driving force is the suspense in this one. It, For me, personally, it ratchets up the tension really well, particularly in your third act, when they're in the maze and they're being chased and the, the, the ghosts are loose. That, for me, because obviously you're willing for them to survive and you're really rooting for them, um, it does, it, for me, it is very suspenseful. The one detractor, I would say, there may be many, but the one biggest one for me is that it's called 13 Ghosts and it doesn't feature the ghosts all that much. It, there seems no. to be some sort of Zodiac situation going on. Um, and they don't really explore on that too much, you know? They, they've got their own backstory, never explored. It's neither of them. I think they're named and that's about it. Uh, just, yes, they're named in the film, but uh in my little googling um about it after watching it uh if you were the proud owner of the dvd the dvd has a featurette that explains the backstory of every ghost oh perfect i will have to seek out a dvd of it then because that's the one thing that the film didn't do and it should have had to because you can't assume that everyone's going to get the dvd after um so in my opinion, it should have been done during. It should have been explained or discussed. And they're all unique, distinctive individuals. And, and you know, not one of them are sort of obvious monsters. Like you could, for example, if you were watching Cabin in the Woods, you could make assumptions based on them. It's like, oh, that's the tooth fairy. That's clearly a little fairy ballerina girl with lots of teeth. Or that's a werewolf. Or that's Cthulhu. Or that's, a, what were they, a murder hobo family or something? Yes, I'm presuming, like, The Hills yeah. Have Eyes or Hills Eyes or... Yeah, the usual thing like that. Um, so, yeah, I'd have liked to have heard a lot more about them because there was nothing particularly... They were that unique that you hadn't heard of them before. It was, it was because it was breaking new ground. It was like, I want to know about these things. Um, maybe they didn't include it because it would be too exposition heavy, you know, and they, they had to go on at quite a bit of a pace. 
But yeah. yeah, I just felt like some of the more important things were left out. It's just a shame, really. Yeah, I think it uh, it had lots of interesting ideas, but it it uh, what's the word it it ultimately was constrained by being a uh, popcorny mm-hmm. um, late nineties, early two thousands horror film. It it had to to fit in that mold. Um, and I think that meant that they, you know, because they, they had to take the idea they had and fit it in a, uh, in seats kind of way. Yeah. Mechanize. Okay, so first question, as always, as is tradition, <laughs> where would the players go? This one is fairly easy because the players arguably can be anyone. It's not. It's not really about the, well, for me anyway, I wouldn't be about trying to recreate, you know, the fact that, you know, the the uncle dies and leaves them a a haunted house with ghosts in it. I'm not particularly interested in that bit. The bit I would want to take is like the ghosts and things. So the players could be anyone. It would just be another adventure and you could, you could think of any hook as to why they get involved. I don't know. I don't know if you had any. Uh... Okay, so you're not saying remove the whole plot as as it were, but that specific detail as to the hook, you mean? Yes, as in the play. So it doesn't really matter who the players are. You don't need to worry where to put them. You just make sure that whoever the characters are, whoever your players are playing, you just make sure they end up at the location with the ghosts in it. That you don't need uh, the same motivation or whatever. You just, you know, when when they go in it, all these weird ghosty stuff's going to happen. You don't need to set up that they are all members of a family that, you know, huh. their uncle dies and says, spend the night in that. Well, it's not spend the night in the house, is it? It's just the house is yours. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But they they were being set up, blah blah blah. Obviously, watch the film uh, if you want to actually learn the specifics of the the, the plot. But yeah, that, okay. So the hook is is going to be different and unique to everyone. You're saying, I I yeah. would agree. That's fair enough. Yeah. So you don't need to worry too much about who the characters, uh, who your party are. Obviously, that will be important, but not in a not when thinking of how to set this game up. This is something that can slot you could slot in into an existing campaign or something. They you know, they find uh a mysterious mansion or uh they get hot mate, you know, maybe like um in the film obviously there's the lawyer type character. I didn't really get his point, if I'm entirely honest. Um I know he was supposed to be facilitating the the sale. And he's kind of necessary, but they may, but they kind of implied he was kind of is evil the right word? But like they kind of implied he was a bad guy, but for no real good reason. Uh, it was just to like keep you away from who the real bad guy was. Um, like he was just a pointless red herring, in my opinion. Um, so I was like, but uh, you know, he could be like a. You could you you could have the party hired by a lawyer saying like I have this probate case and they want someone to go with them while they you know 
investigate Mad Uncle Jimmy's, uh, you know, mansion in the in the hills. Um, but yeah, so I wouldn't be worried too much about that part of the setup. And in fact, what the main thing I would want to be taking is actually uh, puzzle is perhaps the wrong word, uh, but obviously for anyone who hasn't watched it. Uh, the ghosts uh, can harm you uh, if you are um, well. If you if you are around them, they can interact with you uh, and see you. However, they can only be seen if you're wearing these special glasses. So I would want to keep the idea that there's these glasses that. And maybe you'd adapt it so it's not about vision. You could have it about something else, but a key. But I would keep it at about vision just because I didn't think of any alternatives. Um, and yeah, basically you, because uh, obviously vision is a key component for how uh, people interact. They say, you know, how close is it to me? Where is it? You know, people use maps, all kinds of things. Um, so removing uh, vision apart from a select few, so you have to um, balance who has the glasses. The people with the glasses would have to make sure that they are uh, communicating with the people who don't have the glasses. Um, so I actually thought the glasses could be a interesting mechanical aspect. What did? Is that something you considered at all or, or, or not? Not really, no. <clears throat> I hadn't really given that one much thought, to be honest. Um, I was more a case of considering, uh, not so much keeping the story intact, but trying to take that sort of premise uh, and, and run with it. But uh, yeah, so as ever, turning things on the head, the game could be played from the ghost's perspective. You've been captured and you're trying to escape. Uh, and it could be developed further as each session could involve another trap or maze to escape from. And then if you're successful beyond that, Ghostbusters or this family work to locate and contain you. So okay. that, would have, that would have been one thought. Um, but yeah, I hadn't really put the thought into the glasses so much, to be honest with yourself. Okay, I had thought about um, perhaps because that was the thing I was thinking, what are we doing here? But I like the idea of having uh, one of the key senses limited and the solution to that being limited. So you have to pass glasses, the glasses amongst people work together in a way that you don't always have to normally. Um, but yeah, I thought, what are we doing here? And I thought you could have the same plots that, Perhaps that lawyer who tells you to go uh, thing knows that he's helping you be tricked into completing the bad guy's ritual, like in the film, where it turns out that it, it, it was all part of his plan in the way. I, I thought the plot of the film is, is, is quite weak. So I, I, I it, it, you know, it all looks very good. The, like the set design, uh, the design of the ghosts, uh, all that was great, but the ultimate, um, you know, elevator pitch of the plot, I was a bit, eh. 
So I did think that maybe they were escaping the dungeon with the ghosts in, but I hadn't considered them. I hadn't considered perhaps, and that obviously flips when I said the players can be anyone. Uh, yeah, I hadn't considered making them the ghosts. But that, yeah. that creates another um, interesting uh, dynamic with the glasses, if you ask me. Because if, you all have, if your players are the ghosts, they have to watch uh, the antagonists because they can approach the ones without glasses with, with no worries. Whereas the ones wearing glasses, they have to either attack or specifically avoid their, their line of sight. Um, and it creates a, a different thing. And like I say, if the enemies are also passing the glasses between each other, you, man you walked past this guy because he didn't have the glasses before, but you've still got to be wary because maybe the next time you bump into him, he is wearing them. You could uh, limit even more so by the fact that the ghosts have a limited uh, touch capability because it was evident that while they were able to touch um, material things, because of the spells and the, the, the runes and things that were placed on certain surfaces, they were not then able to, to go through or, or manipulate those things, hence them being trapped in the first place. So you could limit them by, obviously, um, by corralling them with these special sort of glass walls with the, the etchings on them. More so as well, if you're going to limit, if you're really going to try and limit things, the ghosts don't speak English. They didn't communicate amongst themselves. If you've got two teams of players, one being the mortals, as it were, I don't want to say humans, because if you're going to set it in Dungeons and Dragons, they could be many different races. So we've got the mortals and the ghosts. Um, the ghosts can't communicate with one another, but they still have to somehow get their point across. So there could be a lot of grunting and pointing, and, and so you could hobble them in that sense as well. Yeah, I, I consider that you could... Um, add basically a real a real life uh, uh, the fourth dimension 4DX I hadn't considered that at all um, but yeah that it so yeah that's that's another good point but yeah I, I definitely had thought very much about the glasses I because I hadn't thought about being the ghosts you are right you've also got the uh the what did you call it you've got the um the like the warding spells written on the glass um you know maybe that would be your first thing is you have to trick one of the humans into giving you a a way out uh you know or you know depending on how strict or or difficult you want to be how much you want it to be about the the escape, the escape itself, and how much you want it to be about planning, um, because obviously the the ghosts could, in theory, slip out without anyone's notice if they planned it right. Yeah, There's, it it all came and inspired by that small one shot that we played, uh, which was Bride for Dracula, and it made okay. me think: not all games have to be cooperative; they can be competitive. 
and a lot of fun because we were in teams. I think I believe there were six of us, uh, including the GM makes seven, but there were six of us in three teams of two. And yes, it it although we were against each other, a lot of we had a good fun basically. A lot of laughs were had. Um, and it made me think that we could do the same here. I mean, maybe you could do it even further by saying that all of the mortals can speak the same language, but only there's a shared language between two uh, of, say, for example, four. So you've got you've got them paid off, and they've got to somehow communicate with one another. Uh, but again, in a limited capacity, maybe they can talk amongst themselves. To say, for example, only half of their number can talk amongst themselves. Only the other half can talk amongst themselves, and so on. Um, so that that could be done that way. That was just what I was thinking. You know, if you're going to go for a limiting factor or trying to, because that's the best part of it, really, is to rather than just giving them simple, straightforward, because then the puzzle becomes a little bit harder. Then, and you can take it. It'll make life as a GM even easier. Yeah, even easier. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to keep, other than the glasses, is. Not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily lift the ghosts directly, but I liked the fact, and you've already touched on it, that the ghosts are individuals. Like, each each one of them is, and I've used the term, like, boss-level monster. Like, none of them are minions, so mm-hmm. I would I would want to try and keep that each ghost, if you're... If you're players are playing the ghosts that kind of comes with the territory of them being player characters that they're a, they're special um but because i wasn't thinking of that angle I, I i would want them all to be boss type characters as in none of them should just be throw away monsters they'd all be like you say uh creatures with fully with um full backstories and and motivations yeah um, so if you were playing as a mortal what you're saying is that there is a very good chance of a one one shot kill you because that's effectively what the film was giving you is uh, although he threw i think it was matthew lillard the, the the monster with the head in the box he was throwing people around left and right and that inevitably led to their death just from being an absolute you know paste in but he had the capability of doing that, you know, without really breaking a sweat. He had the strength to do that. It wasn't a case of needing anything in particularly special. He was more than capable of killing people quite easy. And yeah. is that what you're trying to convey there is that these things are not trifle. They are they are very, very dangerous and to be avoided effectively. Yes. Um, the only thing I would do is perhaps um, add, because um, I don't know if you've... Uh, I'm guessing because you didn't know the DVD features existed, you didn't, uh, you haven't looked at what the ghosts' uh, backstories were. Um, I would mix it up a bit because the var- with a few exceptions, almost all of them are either this person was a terrible person and then they died and became a scary ghost, or this person had a horrible life and everyone treated them so poorly that when they died, they became a scary ghost. Um, All right, okay. uh, So you've basically got the grudge or the ring in various different forms then. Yeah, um, there are a couple that are a bit more um, ambiguous and I I would want a few more ambiguous, you know, so that some that are dangerous, there might be ways to 
uh, appeal to them. Uh, like, uh, the one that does have some nuance in the film is there's one that's a child and, um, I believe, playing with him, uh, like, appeases him. So you don't... If you play a game with him, perhaps if you play a game, you don't need to fight because he will just... Having played some, you know, catch or whatever, he will just let you pass. Um, yeah, but I, I, I would have a bit more variety. But um, I suggest you have a look at it. But yeah, the, the general gist is they're either horrible people who are always horrible and therefore when they die, they remain horrible. Or they're people who had some sort of basically very, uh, you know, they were life's punching bag. And then when they die, they became an angry Vengeance ghost um i'd make it a bit i'd make it and like you say that it's not very clear in the film any of that but i would make i would i would make a more uh diverse kind of set of motivations yeah that's that's got my the, the cog spinning though to be honest with you yeah it, it's really good to be able to do that i would say and it could be a lot of fun uh, yeah, trying to think of different and, and nuanced ways of doing it other than, like you say, just life's punching bag. Um, yeah. yeah. It's like, for, for, for example, the woman, uh, the naked woman with the uh, cuts all over, I think that was like she never thought she'd be pretty enough, so she basically chopped her face, her own face up, and then now she's a ghost that chops other people's faces up like uh a lot a lot of them are are quite kind of just you know as in it's hard it's hard to say that this film the most interesting to me at least the most interesting aspect seems to be the one that the writers didn't really put much thought into <laughs> yes um but yeah i can't remember I, I i i i did look it up but i didn't make any notes on it but um, the bit, the one you're saying that just chucks people about, that one is just like he was a terrible person in life who murdered lots of people, so he became a horrible ghost that murders lots of people. Um, I'll see if uh, I can't find this on YouTube, and if I can, uh, a link will be in the description for you to check it out as well. So, uh, yeah, so I, I would like to keep the 13 ghosts. I don't want to turn this into 130 ghosts because I make them all you know, uh, so kind of underpowered that you just breeze through them. It's called 13 Ghosts, not 13,000 Ghosts, and I would I would lean into that as well. Is there anything else you'd... Yeah, uh, either way, whoever your, your players are, they, the, the way that it was set up was almost as if they were in a maze. They were shifting glass panels um that these ghosts albeit they were these boss level ghosts they were bound by certain rules um and i like that about them as well so again they might not be able to communicate with one another but they all had that one thing in common um and that yeah because it was like a maze or a labyrinth almost that 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 stuck with me and it it conjured up um, there's a Pathfinder adventure called Curse of the Crimson Throne. I believe it was the second one ever produced by Paizo for Pathfinder First Edition. Um, and what stuck with me was there was a maze um, that involved rotating rooms, almost as if there was four columns 
And they were, were they broken into quarters then? So there was a room in either quadrant of this pillar? I can't remember exactly, but basically there were four um, pillars uh, or four uh, columns uh, with undead elephant things attached to them. Uh, away from eyesight, yeah. Yeah. And so there was four moving parts, yes. Um, and we navigated the, these rooms quite simply. So what I learned from that is to add a little extra bit of difficulty in that the rooms can only turn one way. Because what we did was we figured out the pathway by, by going clockwise, for argument's sake, with these pillars. And then rather than explore, we just did the opposite and just turned them all anti-cloft. Um, and it felt like there was there was something special with that that room. It felt, and then it just was like maybe half an hour of our time we were in, we were out, and it was done. We'd done it all through theatre of the mind and talking, and it was it was finished. Um, so yeah, we're trying re repeat something along those lines where the the labyrinth is continually shifting and moving. Um, and I'd urge anyone to look up that that particular uh, Pathfinder adventure. Uh, it was broken into six parts, and I want to say it was part number three. It was part three or four. I can't remember. No, yes, you are right. It was part three. Because part, part, part four uh, takes you into the uh, Cinder, Cinderlands. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Part, and part five is entirely Castle Scarwall. And then yeah. part six is the end. So it's got to be part three. Because it's part like... three. Um, I can't remember the name specifically. I think it was something to do with the Northern Quarter. Escape from... Uh, it's the Old Town. It's the, the Old Town. Yeah. yeah, Escape from Old Town or something along those lines. Yeah, look it up. Have a look. Try and get your head around it and try and maybe commit something to paper that would be unique to yourselves. Uh, and it would probably fit really well with this. Um, I can just imagine everyone being panicked um, and looking in the next shifting room, trying to clue together an escape, and the clock is ticking down. So maybe you could, for example, have a um, a, a sand timer, uh, yeah. and then pe panic starts to set in. You know, mistakes might be made. Someone may not make it out alive. You know, if you as the mortals again, it could be the same for the ghosts. Doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, because they all left and walked away at the end of the film, but it doesn't mean that they can't have um, their their banishment or or something along those lines. So uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking is is to if you were going to keep the maze aspect of it, uh, that would have been the one thing that sprung to mind. That was probably one of my favourite mazes. I got really invested in that one, um, and I would urge people to look into it if they were planning on doing something similar rather than just a simple maze follow a liner through the middle of it all systemize okay so when i was thinking about systems because my mind had focused so much on the glasses i was trying to think of systems where invisibility is a would would be a very uh key feature as in something where invisibility is uh given quite uh, large, like, mechanical weight. And I couldn't really think of one that that gave weight to invisibility in particular. There are lots of things which say, you know, GURPS, Pathfinder 1st Edition, 
there's lots of things with lots of rules for things, but none where I couldn't think of something where invisibility felt like what I thought it was supposed to be like. Uh, in especially with, uh, you've got to be careful because I want it to be specifically limited. Things like Pathfinder, you can cast spells that let you see invisible things. So there wasn't something where I felt it had a a solution to my invisibility is important uh, criteria. However, I then kind of led, which has been Ray, it's been suggested a lot, but I, I ultimately went with Monster of the Week um, because it's a bit more narrative. The monsters uh, have a bit more... Um, they are, like I said, the monsters in Monster of the Week are considered boss-level creatures, you know, as in that none of them are ever a pushover. Um, and you could just have, uh, yeah, you could just use the framework of Monster of the Week. Uh, you might need to add a custom move about the glasses, but I didn't, re I didn't come up with one or anything because I think you could... I think you could play it with everything as is just a little bit of, you know, tweaking and just narrative description changes. Um, but yeah, I ultimately went with Monster of the Week because it allowed me to... It was the system where I felt that the, invis the invisibility of the ghosts could be given... Uh, the mechanical kind of... It, Basically, it allowed me to create a challenge based entirely around who can and cannot see uh, the enemies. What about yourself? I would agree with you so much, but I would say, if done correctly, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder could work well. Like the invisibility and, and sort of stealth rolls and things like that do uh, occur in there. And then there's nothing stopping you then from having the the lantern of revealing or the goggles of eagle eyes, I believe, or something along those lines. Um, that would allow you to see them. So there's nothing stopping you from doing that for argument's sake. Um, if you were looking specifically for invisibility, again, you, it doesn't have rules for invisibility, but, uh, you know, fingers on adventurized bingo cards. Dread simply is just, it's, it's rulesless in the sense of then you can you can explain it and, and GM it however you wanted. Then you know they they would have to role play your characters would have to role play the invisibility side of things themselves. You know without the need of uh, you know luck being a part of it. I hadn't considered dread hadn't crossed my mind, which is odd because it's a horror the it's a horror film. Dread is a horror themed game. I'm well yeah. aware it exists, but. Yeah. It hadn't crossed my mind, but you are 100% right. Off the top of my head, though, um, on your point of invisibility, I think maybe Fate might be helpful. And Monty Cook's Invisible Sun, which is like a surreal fantasy one, also, I believe, plays well into the invisibility side of things. I haven't played it before, um, but it's maybe worth looking into. So Monty Cook's uh, Invisible Sun. 
as for me, like I say, if you're playing the mortals, then yeah, a decent fifth edition game could be pulled from this. Uh, and depending on how you take it, it could just be a one shot or it could be several shots or it could be a full campaign. Um, this, I, I, I don't know why, but I'm quite smugly proud of this, to be honest. I do see, however, that the White Wolf games would come well into play here because they cover all the bases. You've got Wrath the, Wraith the Oblivion. Let me put my teeth in. Wraith the Oblivion for the titular ghosts. And then you've got the Hunter, the Vigil, or Hunter, the Reckoning. I would say likely the wreck, no, the Vigil, because that's the more mundane human side of things, whereas the Reckoning is sort of imbued with special powers. So, I mean, it could be, you know, you could do that. That's fine. It could sort of, um, you could convey the fact that, you know, you've maybe figured out a few things and, you know, you've learned how the maze works and that the, the rules that govern the ghosts. So, you know, you could have a little bit more of a higher um, uh, sort of uh, heroic, um, uh, higher heroic sort of human character or mortal character. But yeah, vigil for just the mundane side of things. But yeah, Wraith the Oblivion just covers all many different um, ghosts, um, wandering spirits of the dead. So that, that would, for me, would make perfect sense if you were going to do that. Summarize. Um, this is this is another one where my my opinion on whether I would like to play this has developed during the conversation. I.e., I had an idea when I did my notes, um, and you know the in the 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 preparation stage, um, but the actual discussion has change things i'm actually quite interested in doing something like this now um it was something before where like my my opinion was going to be that it's a, a take it or leave it i do it if people were interested um but not particularly you know not particularly high on my list but uh i don't know ta talking about it as given it a bit more um you know with talk talking about uh the the maze and um things like that and just the idea of playing as the ghosts even though i don't think i would do it that way it, it's kind of given me a flip of the perspective and i definitely can see maybe not a specific game like doing like hey we're gonna do a 13 ghosts game but it's definitely got a lot of ideas that i might put maybe not entirely a 13 ghost game but if we were playing an adventure that had a haunted house or ghosts i think a lot of the ideas we've discussed today would were things that i would see whether i could implement in a in the haunted house maybe you know take them piecemeal and add in but uh yeah i i, I was originally kind of a bit of yeah it's all right but i i've been i've been comp i have through the course of the episode i've actually become quite 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 enamored with with the concept what about yourself? I, I'm, I'm glad you say that, to be honest, because I was always on the side of if I had to play it, I'd give it a go. I'd definitely give a go at playing this game, regardless. 
but I wouldn't, I didn't think too much about GMing it. And I'd always thought that I'd prefer to leave that to the forever GM McCastrix anyway uh, of the group, i.e. you, to deal with that side of things. Um, because it is a lot of moving parts. Although it's easy for me to sit here and say, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. I'm not going to deny the fact that there's a lot of moving parts and that it, it, it does require a lot of sitting down for the GM um, to dedicate time to try and put this all together. This isn't something that you could pull from your arse in maybe 30 minutes, like, say, for example, Aquaman or Back to the Future. You know, you don't need a couple of bits and bobs prep and then you can you can just sort of flounder your way through it in a general direction until you get to the end this one does need a lot of sort of thought because there's puzzles and clues and mazes and and things like that and obviously the each and every ghost will need its backstory and, and so forth developed um so yeah i i would i would completely appreciate that it's a lot of requirements for the gm side of things but um I would certainly believe, at least, that it would be very gratifying for the player as well. So ultimately, it's another one to go on the never-ending list of, of games. <laughs> yes, the games that we will sadly ne probably never play, but have fond memories of, of thinking about playing. Well, as in that, I'm perfectly happy with that. And uh, yeah, um, so as usual... Uh, all the uh, relevant links to get in contact with us below, uh, as well as the Firestorm affiliate link. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything, but we get a little, a little slice of the pie. So if you're if you're in the market for that kind of thing, uh, you know, for gaming supplies, why not use our link? Um, and yeah, there's that's that's it from me. I have a. I have nothing else on my end. No, no. Um, yeah, as per usual, then, thank you very much. And uh, see you next week. Meow, meow, meow. What I would say now is like a, a quick one. So it's like uh, maybe tag it on at the end and say bonus, blah, blah, blah. And then do oh. it as. And then do it as downsizing. Like, what would you do for downsizing? I never would. It's an awful film. I never would. <laughs> just to really convey how terrible this film is. So that was our episode on 13 Ghosts. Hope you got some good ideas out of it. So next time you need something that inspires you, you won't just theorise, but adventurise. And if you do, please let us know. Um, all the social links to socials found in the show notes. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>